630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Space and dropped it for Oscar Kleffball. They'll skate with it and then kick it back to Adam Larson, who scored to make it 3-1. And that lead disappeared in what seemed to be a blink of an eye. Larson hooked it in front, deflected off Gibson, and in the net, Adam Larson's got a two-goal game, and Edmonton's regained the lead 4-3 in shocking fashion. Larson just curled it in front, and Gibson lost it in his feet, and I don't believe it. Larson, Latestu, Leon. Sometimes three L's make a W. A wild third period in Anaheim. The Edmonton Oilers get the win 5-3 in game one over the Ducks. Mark Latestu scores twice. Adam Larson scores twice. And Leon Dreisaitl, a huge night for him. A goal and three assists as the Oilers keep rolling their third victory in a row in the playoffs. They now have home ice advantage in this series with Anaheim. Man, oh man, what a third period, a tight-checking game. The Oilers went up 3-1. The Ducks came back with two quick goals of their own. All told, it was four goals in 424. 3-3, overtime looming, and Larson gets the eventual game winner with 440 to go. Thanks for tuning in. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Rob, just a quick stat there, because I, I I knew Adam Larson had not scored scored a lot in his career, so I quickly checked. I wonder at any point if he had two goals in a game. Never. Not only that, he had never scored a goal in back-to-back games. He did play a few playoff games for the Devils. He had scored a playoff goal for New Jersey. Let's go back to Anaheim right now, though. Here's Todd McClellan live. Last year and the years before that, uh, does Adam Larson embody a lot of the qualities that this team had to get to get better? Well, I I believe he does. Um, You know, we've kind of really harped on this lately. We've been asked that question an awful lot. you know, the trade and how it affected people. And um, we needed to improve our blue line and we needed to have an anchor back there and, and Lars has become that. And um, we could have kept floundering um, without fixing that hole. And I think Peter and his staff did a tremendous job of, of addressing the issue and, and not necessarily taking a chance, but what he did to change the complexion of our team takes a lot of courage. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, you know, when you're trading a player of of Taylor's caliber and his popularity in the community, he's a Taylor's a tremendous player. But Lars does solidify things back there for us. Todd, it's a series with a sorry, right in the middle here. Sorry, can't see too it's many. It's a lights. series with a lot of. I mean, the the high end centers in this series between Getzlaff and McDavid, and it goes on and on. But with with Drysaddle, you challenge him to be the best player on any given night, not the second best player. Is tonight one of those nights where? I mean, you sensed he just wanted to be the best player on the ice tonight? I think he does most nights. Um, you know, they they being Connor and Leon push and pull each other. And again, we talked about that during the year when, uh, um, and, and they're happy for each other. They, they care about each other a lot. And they, uh, you know, there's so much attention put on 97 right now. There's such a focus that uh, others have to pick up uh, the slack. And sometimes there's ice there available. And, and I think in my opinion, uh, Leon took advantage of it tonight. Um, so 
you know, work for us tonight? Will it work on uh, on Friday? I sure hope so, but we'll see. Todd, was there a, a nastiness to the physicality tonight that maybe you didn't see in most of the San Jose games? I don't think so. It was it was a very competitive game. That was an evenly played game by by two good hockey clubs. Uh, Could have went either way. Um, you know, it's it's the second round. It gets ramped up a little bit more. Positioning's important. Uh, you know, the little extra tug, if you will, um, occurs uh, probably more often. Shot blocking goes up. Um, line changes become important. And uh, you know, the the deeper you go, the more intense those moments become. So I, I don't know if it was. Um, you know, any more nasty than than uh, San Jose series? No. Tied on the the two goals that that Larson scored. You know, the way he activated and the way he was able to come through the neutral zone. Um, how often? I mean, is that a staple of his game, or is that something that that uh, just kind of opportunities just well, happen tonight? Well, he's definitely not Bobby Orr, but tonight he, you know, he <laughs> he, um, he sure looked good on that last one skating. He has the ability and the skill to do it, but. Um, the amount of minutes and the the heavy type of minutes he plays, often he's distributing the puck and letting others. But he he saw some daylight and he took it. And um, you know, a lot of times defensemen get down near that goal line and they just throw the puck blind back out into the slot and hope somebody's there. Made the right play by going into uh, the crease with it. You never know what can happen. Todd, getting goals from. Larson and, and Latest too also. I mean, the depth that this team is showing in this playoff run, how helpful has that been? And especially in this game, just being able to get that when Connor, even though he did have an assist, seemed like he was locked down from a points perspective. Oh, I think it's essential. Um, you don't, at least I believe, you don't just win on one superstar's back. Um, you know, you can go back and talk about how Chicago did it or um, Pittsburgh or Los Angeles those years. It wasn't just done on Taves, Kopitar and Crosby's back. It was deep. It was timely. And um, Latestu's done it for us on the power play all year. He's, he's very nifty and crafty and, um, you know, finds pucks. And to have Lars score too, we, we've found different heroes so far in the playoffs on, on any given night. And, and that's the way it's done. When you run out of heroes, you usually are out. Expand on that. That's where I was going here with the heroes. Uh, they seem to be in shorter supply these days in the Stanley Cup playoffs because of the checking and the games. You had three in one night. Uh, that's a lot for a series. Three heroes in one night? Is that what Yeah, you're... with the two guys with the two goals and uh, uh, dry settle with four points. I'd count yeah, three, uh... yeah. You know, it, it happens sometimes. You, you get hot and it works your way. Uh playoffs are a strange animal we saw a seven nothing game where we were on the the crappy end of it in san jose but it's it starts all over again and um it's great to have those uh those heroic nights but it doesn't mean anything now it's over you're gonna start all over again thanks one one more thought just on behalf of the organization the nomination for jack adams how much it means for the organization well, I'm, I'm glad you used the word organization because it's not a, it's certainly not a Todd thing. There's a, we have a tremendous staff that's um, put a lot of time and effort into it. And uh, when I say staff, I'm not just talking about the assistant coaches. It's the trainers. It's the, uh, the scouts. I, I think that's a, a team nomination. I don't know what the other guys would tell you or the people that have won it in the past, but uh, 
Uh, I don't look at it as an individual thing. It's certainly an organizational or a team thing. Live post-game comments from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan breaking down his team's 5-3 decision over the Anaheim Ducks in Game 1 of their second-round series. A dramatic one, and uh, he also touched on being nominated for the Jack Adams Trophy there as well. Rob, we have a lot to get to. Everybody on hold and listening, we're going to do a quick two-minute newscast at midnight because we haven't had one for a while, and I know probably some people want to know about the, uh, the weather and what's going on in the world as well, Rob. But before we throw to that in 30 seconds... Uh, Adam Larson. I mean, we've been talking about unlikely heroes, and uh, I was mentioning his, you know, and he's not here to score goals, his lack of goal scoring in his career, and he comes through with two huge ones tonight. Well, I think on playoff time, you take what you're given, and he saw opportunities to jump up into the play. As they were saying, Jack and Bob, the, the Red Sea just parted, and they he just walked right into it, and he was beneficial of a good break and a good shot. So you need heroes every game in the playoffs. Tonight, Larson was one of them. 5-3, the Oilers win it. We're coming right back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Playoff Radio, 6.30 check. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. And the puck stayed right there off the draw, blast by Fowler, three seconds, one timer to save made by Talbot. Good look for Ryan Getzloff as time expires in the opening 20 minutes. Cam Talbot's save of the game is for Armour Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. Cam Talbot, your winning goaltender tonight with 33 saves. The Edmonton Oilers over the Anaheim Ducks 5-3 in game one. Scoreless after the first, 1-1 after the second period. So, of course, it was going to end 5-3. 7804960063. You can text 63630. Rob, for the first time in the playoffs, the Japanese Village goal light is on. Go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Three spots in Edmonton, downtown, south side and north side. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. We're going to get to the phone calls in a second. Leon Dreisaitl, four points tonight. And that, that we've seen him make such patient passes and and perfect example I thought the one on that on Larson's first goal just another excellent night by by Leon um I, I think he's starting to garner a little more respect around the, the National Hockey League now. I think when you play with a star and he does with Connor McDavid sometimes you get overlooked but you know Connor the, the last two you know San Jose and then again tonight Anaheim are doing a good job shutting him down and their focus is so much on Connor when he's on the ice, Leon does have a little bit of extra ice time. He's got a little more space out there, a little more time, because all the focus is away, and he's finding the other players, and they're putting the puck in the net. So uh, Leon started the playoffs a little slow. I think a lot of that had to do with his health. He yep. did not look healthy, and anyone that listened to him get interviewed after <laughs> a game, yeah, he did not sound healthy. But since he's gotten uh, his energy back, he has been excellent, and I thought tonight... Uh, he was the best player on the ice. And if if you're going to completely shut down or try to shut down Connor McDavid and you're going to give Leon time and space, well, he showed you tonight what he's going to do. Dreisaitl, Larson, and Getzlaff, the three stars in this game. For me, Rob, it's a pretty easy fourth star for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I agree. It was Mark Letestu. He had a pair of power play goals, uh, a huge one 
you know, to start the game off. These they the Oilers are down one nothing. He gets gets a power play goal, then gets another one in the third period, and just being in the right place, right time, putting pucks on net. He can one time. It did it twice tonight. So I agree, Mark Letestu is our four star. All right, we have Cam kicking off the calls tonight. Cam, good to hear from you. Go ahead, man. You bet. How was the downtime, boys? Uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> you didn't get much, I guess, eh? A little bit. It was actually nice not having to 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 get home at 2.30 in the morning after a talk show for a couple nights. Catch up on some sleep. For sure. A couple things. I just wanted to ask a question, first of all. Um, did you think that there was interference? I, I, I thought that, that um, Talbot's drive foot or his thrust foot got knocked. I, I don't know how he could have possibly got across after the bobble on the puck there. What did you guys see on that? Both Reed and I said that it would be a goal. We thought there was no interference. We called it. We, that's what we both said before they made the call. Okay, fair enough. The other thing I was going to say is that it's, the team's kind of becoming an organism right now. Like it's, uh, it's interesting how one part, of the, one part of the team kind of maybe backs off a little bit and, and other guys step up. So that's, that's a sign of a real mature team. With... Um, McDavid, not to make too much out of it, but Rob, you alluded to it or spoke about it earlier in regards to, you know, you, you're playing so much for the match and that kind of thing, jumping on, jumping off. Do you think he got taken out of it early? Do you think that there was a focus or a downshift on his brain? Why would you just not let your thoroughbred go? Why would you focus on the other team's player? Um, I don't think he got taken out. I mean, it only happened a couple times where they, they tried doing the pulling him off and putting him back out. Uh, I th- To me, he, I mean, he played 21 minutes tonight. Uh, he had plenty of opportunities. I think for the most part, they let him play. I, you didn't see him getting yanked off. They just, the Anaheim Ducks made sure that Kessler was out there as much as, as, as they could get him out there against McDavid. So I, I thought that, I mean, his linemate had four points tonight, so I don't think they took Connor or the line out of the game. I think that Anaheim, and just like San Jose before, have a game plan. They are not going to allow him to beat them, and that's why other players are going to have to step up. And as we saw in the San Jose series, different players from different lines, guys that you would not always expect, are stepping up and, and, and scoring big goals and making big plays. And as you said when you called the team an organism, a, a good team isn't one player. A good team is every player, and that's what we're seeing the Oilers turn into, a good team here. Yeah, I mean, I know people are asking on the text line, is McDavid hurt? Uh, is, is, is he playing bad? Are teams legitimately shutting him down? I, I, mean, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's welcome to play off hockey. He's probably going to win the Hart Trophy. He already led the league in scoring. Uh, but it's it's like everybody else. I mean, there's going to be an adjustment. He, he's the target, and and the main thing is that you know the teams won a round, and now they're up a game in the second round. I mean, I'm not overly concerned about where Connor McDavid is headed well, here. Well, I, I mean, you and I obviously we we don't get to hear what's said on TV. I know that I'm getting text saying that Nick Kiprios is saying that it looks like Connor is injured, but I I don't I don't know. I mean, to me, I wouldn't think that it's possible um but here we are we've they played six games he's got what five points in the playoffs right now so so when he's when people who are saying he's struggling he's still a pointed game type of player uh he has not been as electrifying as we saw in the regular season but if you watch any games around the national hockey league there's no space out there and even less so when your entire game plan is being 
based on the fact that you are not allowing Connor McDavid to beat you. And if other players continue to step up like they're doing, well, that's going to open up more ice for Connor McDavid because the team, the Oilers will get into the lead. When they get into the lead, the other team has to start taking chances. 5-3, the Oilers win it. That means a $125 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation because Booster Juice donates five or donates $25 for every goal throughout the season. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. Mark at 780-496-0063. Hi, Mark. Hey, guys. Uh, quick, quick comments. Um, I, I was at game game six in the Shark Tank, and uh, yeah, they uh, they just the guys. I I thought they just kept coming at them, and I saw that again tonight. They they just didn't didn't quit. But um, as far as McDavid goes, I I think you saw him grab his side like around his ribs a couple of times, and I think he's possibly hiding something. I I don't know. Whether they uh, they're gonna um, excuse me, whether they're gonna uh, say anything about, about it, kind of thing. I mean, he'll he'll still play. I mean, but what what did they say? Thornton was playing playing with a torn MCL the the whole series. So and I ACL, mean, he, but they're not gonna. They didn't reveal that till after they were were out. No, no, exactly. So, but uh, and and another thing, um, Talbot. Uh, I, hey, he's still our man, but. The, those two rebounds on those two goals, that those right right there. I mean, I think the Ducks kind of exposed a little weakness right there on his blocker side, just right below the blocker, and when those two bounces right there, and they just pounced on him. And our our defense has got to step up. You think? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, there was in a minute span, the Anaheim Ducks threw everything at the Oilers, and they got their two thing. I mean, we could their two goals. We can look the other say. End and say, well, you know, Gibson let in four, and he he wasn't as good. I mean, Talbot was the better goalie tonight. Um, there's going to be goals that uh, slide in that you hope don't always go in, but that's playoff hockey. I mean, if you watch the the St. Louis series tonight or game tonight, Jake Allen has been incredible. Game the game winning goal at the end of the game, Vern Fiddler scored. It was not a, a great goal. You keep putting pucks on net, you're going to get chances pucks are going to go in so i thought cam talbot was fine and i have no worries about his blocker his glove his pads his stick anything cam talbot has been excellent all all year long and i would expect him to be excellent again on friday night the third anaheim goal i thought that was a really good play by silverberg i mean he hit the puck right out of the air with his with the shaft of his stick too and when a player is able to do that a lot of times they they go in because a goalie's expecting it to hit the ice before it goes in, right? And, and before it's shot. And what do we talk about on the show all the time? What do fans always call in and, and, and bitch about when it comes to the Oilers? Shoot the puck. Why do you shoot the puck? Because rebounds happen. And that's what the Anaheim Ducks did. They put the puck on net, drove the net, got rebounds. So, yeah, I, I've got no uh, worry about Cam Talbot. Oilers win it 5-3 tonight. Leon Dreisaitl, a big game. He had four points. Let's go back to the Honda Center and hear from Leon. In the first two periods, um, I think the first two periods were more of a checking game, and then both teams had a few breakdowns, and <coughs> and I think uh, you know both teams capitalized on them. So, um, you know, we're very happy with, uh, with the first win. Power play strikes early in the series. Is that I mean, a good sign? Are you going to help in similar goals? 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, I thought thought we had a few bounces there, but you know you need that in the playoffs. Um, you need that on the power play, and um, you know it was, it was big for us to to get a few. No, um, you know I, I think guys, people make too big of a deal of this. I mean. Like I said, I think every every player has a team that they like to play, and um, you know the first first two period uh, I didn't do much at all. So um, you know, obviously you need you need the bounces here and there too, and uh, we got them tonight. <laughs> yeah, you, you try and stay calm. Um, you try not to um, get too angry or too wound up about it. But um, I thought we did a really good job. You know, we stuck with it, had a few good shifts after, and. Um, you know, obviously, uh, was, um, we, we got a bounce there on the large hole, but again, uh, we, we deserve votes tonight. You guys knew that, that Kessler was going to be basically standing next to McDavid most of the night. When you know that's going to happen, you guys talked this week about it, it's going to everybody. You feel that, that I mean, you're part of that, but that's got to be you helping to pick that up. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, you know, Connor. Connor's so good that you know he he has that every game. You know, guys skate with him. They they, they just don't want him to touch the puck. And um, you know, I I wouldn't either if I was if I was to play against him. But um, you know, every everyone needs to step up uh, in a room. And I, I thought we had that so far in the playoffs. You know, uh, big goals from uh, from defensemen. Um, you know, role players, whatever it is. So um, so far, it's been it's been good. That's Leon Drysital. A goal and three assists tonight for the Edmonton Oilers, leading the way. He was excellent. The Oilers survive a Ducks comeback and get a late-game winner from Adam Larson, taking down Anaheim 5-3. After the uh, previous caller getting some texts in here, uh, David says, why is everyone so negative? The Oilers are rolling right now. Ryan and Tabor says, wow, this caller is a total downer. And Sean says, is everyone the head coach? Here's what happened tonight. The Ducks keyed on Connor. So what? We do have a team, you know. That is from uh, and, Sean. And, and, I mean, to me, that that's it right there. What that texter said, This it is a team. And uh, if you're just going to ride one player, you're not going to go very far. You just aren't. So they've got a, a special player in Connor McDavid that's going to do special things at special times, but you also got other guys that are capable hockey players that are going to contribute. And if they contribute, like we watched every Stanley Cup champion team over the last number of years, there's depth players that come up at big moments. And we're seeing that thus far for the play in, in the playoffs. We, we, I mean, Cassian could have run for mayor after the first couple of games. Right. Then Slepyshev scores a game-winning goal, and I thought he had a strong game again tonight. And then you've had Latestu with the, the on, on the power play and Larson uh, and Drysaitel, who's been absolutely amazing the last three games. So, uh, if this team is going to go far, it's got to be from everybody. It can't just be one player. All right, we'll go back to the open line and bring Tony onto the show. Tony, thanks for calling. How are you guys tonight? Doing great. So, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, is McDavid injured or anything like that. And from the very beginning, from when they even made it to the second round, everybody knew Kessler was going to be on him, like, white on rice. Because he's just that good a player. Like, no one, he, I honestly believe, will be the next Wayne Gretzky. But I knew that tonight he wouldn't be as effective. Like, he, I think he had, what, two points tonight, I think it was? Maybe one, I can't remember. But I see it as, you know, McDavid, from what I was looking at, and I could be wrong again also, but 
I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to strategize on how he's going to start playing when it gets down to like the really important games. Uh, no, no, I, I got to, sorry, I got to stop you there. I don't think at any point does Connor McDavid say, you know, I'm going to hold off for a few games and play better later. I think Connor McDavid comes out each and every game and plans on being the best player on the ice. And some nights things go well for him. Some nights uh, he's quieter. But I don't think there's any thought in Connor McDavid's mind other than being the absolute best player in the world every time he steps on the ice. Lloyd texting in, he says, McDavid still found a way to contribute by drawing two penalties and assisting on a power play goal, so I don't think they totally shut him down. Yep. He still finds a way to impact the game. And that's what great players do. We have Chico on line three. Chico, good to hear from you. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. Good. I uh, again, just just to, I mean, everyone's talking about the whole McDavid drive metal thing. That's not really, or no, the whole McDavid thing. Not really what I wanted to touch on, but it kind of brings you back to the, the the 2009 when Pittsburgh won their first Stanley Cup. It was it was really Malkin that was driving them because everyone was focusing on Crosby. And I think Drysaddle's proven. I mean, he was a top ten scorer this year. So if you want to focus on taking McDavid away, then they they have the the Malkin to Crosby combo that 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 can kind of punish you. Um, but but one of the things that I, um, I know they've won three in a row it, in a series like this with, that seems like it's going to be a bit more physical. Do you think there's any sense at any point to maybe bring out a guy like Dayarna who isn't really suited to this, this type of game? Maybe throw Hendricks in for a game or two. Um, I mean, I, I know Dayarna was the hero in Game Five. I, I wasn't all, all that impressed with him tonight. Um, I'm not sure how he's going to stand up in a, in a physical series that, that this seems like it's going to be. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. It's a fair, it's a fair question. I mean, there's also talk about maybe Eric Greiber getting into this series at one point as, as well, Chico. DeHarnay's not playing a lot. Played 9.52 tonight. I, 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 the thing I always go back to, though, is the last time Hendricks played in the regular season, he played three and a half minutes. So I wonder if they did took day if they did did take DeHarnay out that Packerinen might play because he can skate a little better than Hendricks and he'll still get in there and bang and if he has an opportunity he's more likely to finish it. Uh, the thing with taking DeHarnay out is you're taking a center out, right? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't think anything is going to happen until there's a uh, a really tough night by DeHarnay and his line mates. I mean tonight you didn't didn't really notice a whole lot either way. With DeHarnay. It just was a, a game where at the end of the night, you tried to try to tell me one good thing he did and one bad thing he did, and you're like, well, I really didn't notice him a whole lot. So I don't know if Packerinen is a, a step up. And I think with Hendricks, who I mean, I love as a player, but does he have the speed right now to be able to contribute on that fourth line? So uh, th- those, I mean, that, that's yeah, the t- and the longer he's out, the longer it is, or the harder it is to yeah. put a player like that back in. Yeah, you know, that's fair. That's fair to, to bring someone in off a long layoff like oh. that. It's a good I question. Yeah. Oh, it's a good question. Yeah, but, I mean, there just seemed to be, I, I noticed a shift or two where, where that line was kind of pinned in their zone. And, um, I mean, again, nothing nothing major, nothing glaring. Um, you just wonder over the course of a seven-game series that's going to be as physical as, as this is. Um, whether a guy like Darren can keep up. I mean, you always have the option of throwing Kajula in at center, I guess, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, the the, the one the one positive though is I don't believe that Anaheim's fourth line is that strong either. How much did the they they played about the same seven and seven fifty two? 
So, so they're not they they don't have a fourth line that that scares you. And there are teams that the Oilers will will play. I mean, the, the San Jose Sharks fourth line was excellent. So Anaheim's isn't as as threatening. So if they're going head to head against the the fourth line of Anaheim, then you're not too worried. Oilers win five three. Latestu two goals, Larson two goals, and then Dreisaitl into an empty net. Leon also had three assists. Gary on line four. Gary, thanks for calling. Quack, quack, quack. Bang, 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 bang. The, the ducks fall prey to the oil. I love barbecue duck. I just had to throw that in, guys. Good evening. How you guys doing? Good, Gary. We appreciate the sound effects. Yes. Listen, um, <laughs> um, if they want to concentrate on covering McDavid for the rest of this series, how long the, uh, the games may go for, um, go right ahead because they're not going to be able to cover everybody. I mean, they're getting contributions from the other players like Dry Settle, you know, and uh, um, it's been great to have uh, scoring from all players from different lines, and, you know, you can't cover um, – Everybody, so they're gonna they're gonna have other players uh, uh, free like tonight with dry settle. Um, just want to make a uh, note about, about uh, Jack Adams' award for the coach of the year, and I mentioned this uh, before the playoffs start, before before the Oilers even secured the playoff spot. That uh, Todd McLeod has got to be strongly considered as the front runner because uh, bringing a team from 29th last year, 33 point increase, and making the playoffs. Two points behind in Pacific Division for the title, for, for the Pacific uh, Division, anyways. Uh, he's got to be strongly considered. That's what I just want to say. I'm looking forward to the next game uh, with the Ducks here. Right on. Thanks, Gary. We appreciate it. And our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Todd McClellan leading the Oilers to a 33-point improvement from last year to this regular season and jumping from 29th to 8th in the standings. They're in the final eight in the playoffs, and they win game one, 5-3 over the Ducks. We'll keep rolling with your calls. You're also going to hear from Connor McDavid. It's 12:23 Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers. Oilers Playoff Radio, 6.30 check. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 check. Dish back to the point. Now you've got Drysdale moving it. Nugent Hopkins, broken stick for the Ducks. Here's Drysdale, wrist shot, blocked, rebound, score! Mark Letestu pumps it home on the back door, and this game is tied. 1-1, time of the power play goal, 6-22. First goal of the game for the Oilers tonight. First of two this evening for Mark Letestu. Adam Larson would also score twice. Leon Dreisaitl with the other one. The Oilers beat the Ducks 5-3 to take a 1-0 edge in game one or in this best of seven series. Game two coming up on Friday. Once again, an 8.30 start. We'll have it for you here on 6.30 Chet. All right, along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You can get us at 780-496-0063 on the Advantage Trailer Rental Scoreboard. One other game tonight, and Nashville gets a late goal from Edmonton's Vernon Fiddler to upend the St. Louis Blues. 4-3 in game one, so the Predators have not lost, Rob. And it's actually both games kind of mirrored each other. You know, the Oilers have a 3-1 lead, give up the lead, and then score a late goal, a fourth goal to, to get the win. I believe in the St. Louis-Nashville, wasn't it a 3-1 Nashville lead? Yep. And St. Louis came back, scored two goals to tie it up 3-3 before Fiddler scores a late goal on another 
awkward, weird-looking goal. He kind of just punched it, pushed it in past Jake Allen. So both road teams start round two with victories. Um, and, I mean, if if this is any indication of where the second round is going, both games highly entertaining. The Larson game winner at 15-20 of the third. The Fiddler game winner at 14-55 of the third. Only difference is uh, Oilers added an empty net or they win 5-3. All right, we have Richard on the line. Richard, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hi there. Um, just want to say I'm a longtime caller and uh, always been a big fan of the show and um, it was a great game tonight, and I uh, thought, uh, you know, a lot of unnecessary fuss going on about uh, McDavid right now. Um, it just seems like uh, Edmonton fans are a little bit superstitious, and uh, I, I don't really see it that way, the way everybody's seeing it, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm excited for the, the rest of this series, and a uh, great start. But, uh, you know, uh, Dreisaitl ran the show tonight, and uh, Talbot held his ground there, and uh, here we are. We're, uh, we're moving forward. Yeah, it's... Uh, a, sorry, Richard. Uh, no, go ahead. Well, you want to try to finish the play? Do you want to try to win something? Yes, please, go ahead. Nothing like trying to win a contest at uh, 12.30 in the morning? Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard, you've already got an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. If you're right, you'll be entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire. Experience integrity. Here we go. His face-off guy. He wins the draw. Left bomb high slot. He'll drop it to dry settle. Five on three. Nugent Hopkins behind the net for Latestu. Now McDavid taking the one-timer. Now it's a drive off. All right. Brian Dugan Hopkins with a drive off the what? <laughs> off the post. <laughs> right. His face-off guy. He wins the draw. Left bomb high slot. He'll drop it to dry settle. Five on three. Nugent Hopkins behind the net for Latestu. Now McDavid taking the one-timer. Now it's a drive off the post from Nugent Hopkins. There we go. Good stuff, Richard. Stay on the line so Kellen can take down your info. You win, finish the play tonight. You're in the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Rob, before we go back to the phone lines, I'm not going to read every single text about this because there are a lot. Um, but but a lot of people saying, well, what did you think of the Ducks' uh, antics at the end of the game? What do you think of Getzlaff <laughs> challenging Sekera, who's obviously well, not going to fight anybody? Uh, you know. It's funny because Bob came on and we heard him because we listened to the last few seconds always of, of the radio and then we started watching the TV and re- rewound it a bit. Everything that happened at the end of the game was started by Matt Ka- by, by Cassian, by Zach Cassian. He came up behind Kessler and cross-checked him a little, you know, hey, I know what you're doing. I know what you're trying to do like and you. we're and we're yeah, and I don't like you and we're just not we're just going to let you let you know that we're we're watching you. So, it was all started by Cassian. And the Anaheim Ducks, as you would expect, responded. So I don't think there was anything out of the norm. I thought that we would see even more of that during the game. Whenever one team is out of it, and they were out of it at that point, there's going to be pushing and shoving at the end of the game. But there was nothing. Seriously, there was. if there, if any of them wanted to do something, it would have been a lot more of a brouhaha. But uh, Cassian started it. Uh, Getzloff came in and got Sacra a couple times, but there was there's no fear. Sacra had his face right up in in Getzloff's face, and it's like, all right, 
Uh, we won game one. We'll see you in a couple of days. And, and that's and that's the personality of many of the players involved. And I think from a Ducks standpoint, that's the the personality of their team, right? I mean, the Oilers beat San Jose. The Sharks are most likely going to skate off the ice and and regroup and and do that. Anaheim's whether Cassian initiated it or not, something was probably going to happen there that might have been a little extracurricular. Well, I mean, they're, they're going to respond. And, I mean, they they got a proud proud team. And one of the things, and, I, and watching a lot of these Ducks over the years when they represented Canada, you love the fact that they had some fire in them. A Getzlaff, a Perry. So if push comes to shove, they're going to they're going to push back, and uh, there's going to be a little nastiness. But I think, in all honesty, I've I've witnessed a lot way worse than that at the end of a hockey game. That was very very tame. Both teams skated off. I mean, when it was still going on, guys were already on their way off the ice, so there was really nothing there. Oilers win 5-3 over Anaheim. Crazy third period. Six of the eight goals in this game scored in the third. We have Jared on the line. Jared, good to hear from you. Hi, Rob. Hi, Reed. Oh, hey, Jared. What's up? A couple of questions for Rob. I was watching uh, the 1992 Stanley Cup final game for a game in which you played for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yep. And my question is, is Mike Keenan was the coach for Chicago at that time. And what was his strategy to stop, like, the double threat of Mario Lemieux in his prime and a young Yarmir Jagger? And also in that game... Uh, Marilyn, you took a lot of heavy abuse, like stick work. Uh, there was one shift where Steve Smith gave him a good 12 or 13 whack, <laughs> and no penalty was called. And how would you compare the abuse that Lemieux took back in the playoffs in 92 compared to what like a Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby uh, gets today? Uh, I don't think there's any comparison. I think that the game is much cleaner than it has ever been. I think right nowadays you've got video. Every game is videotaped, and it goes back to Toronto, and they decide if there's suspensions. You have two refs at all times. Through most of my career, we only had one ref. When he wasn't looking, that's when you did whatever you wanted to do. Uh, the, the Oilers got a five-on-three today in the game. It was a big five-on-three. To get a five-on-three you know, 15, 20 years ago, someone would have to leave with a broken bone or be cut wide open and blood pouring out before the ref would make a second call. So the abuse that a Mario took uh, is nothing compared to what they're, what they're doing today to the players. So it's, 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 just, it's a much safer game right now, and it should be. As for what Keenan did to stop Mario, it's funny, and I, I tell this to my buddies all the time, game three in Chicago, we were down 2 nothing. In the old Chicago stadium, you actually have to come out of your dressing room and walk upstairs to get onto the ice. As we're walking out of the dressing room, just before I got to the stairs, Mike Keenan tapped me, pulled me aside, and said, tonight you're, you're shadowing Mario. Whenever he's out there, you're shadowing. And then let me go, and I'm like, I've never shadowed a guy in my life. And uh, defense was not the strength of my game. So I, I just put a blanket on Mario all night long. Everywhere he went, I grabbed the back of his shirt because you were allowed to do stuff like that back then. So I'm not sure how much Mike had thought that through before the game started when he just put a, um, at times, a defensive liability on the best player in the world at that point. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a little bit different in that Stanley Cup final than I'm sure Randy Carlisle is doing right now with his focus on Connor McDavid. Jared, thanks for calling. We want to go back to Honda Center before we take more phone calls, and here is the Oilers captain, Connor McDavid. 
Good centers in this series. Kessler gets live yourself. Do you get the feeling like Leon likes to match up against those big guys and wants to be the best? I think so, yeah. I think, uh, you know, he, he doesn't get enough credit. I don't think people talk about him enough. Um, you know, and this is, uh, you know, a great opportunity for, for him to step right in the spotlight. Connor, the first two carries were very different. Uh, I'm not too sure what it was. I think... You know, we scored early, and, and that kind of forced them to open up maybe a little bit. Um, you know, they, they did a good job battling back. Um, and we'll be stuck with it. Uh, maybe a lucky bounce, but you know, we'll take it. All right, that's Connor McDavid. And, yeah, they got a bit of a bounce on the Larson game winner. Got a great text here from Jay, who says the Oilers game winner tonight was Grand Larceny. L-A-R-S-S-O-N-N-Y. Good stuff. It's 1237. Mike, Robert, Fred, and Houston, you're all up next on the phone line. The Oilers take game one, 5-3 over the Ducks. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on 630 Chat. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. And Clefbaum forced that puck free along the boards. It's Maroon with a one-touch ahead to Leon Dreisaitl. He'll gain the line. Right circle, dishes back. Open Larson, a shot, score! 3-1, Edmonton, Adam Larson barreling down the slot, and he buries it against John Gibson. That was the middle of a scoring frenzy in the third period. Larson scoring a minute 40 after Mark Letestu. The Oilers led 3-1. Anaheim responded with two goals a minute 25 apart. The teams combined for four goals in 424. Larson would later score again. It would be the game winner. And Edmonton takes game one 5-3 over Anaheim. And that's the goal Rob and I were talking about earlier where Dreisaitl just made a great play to hold the puck down the right wing and uh, hit the trailing Larson who fired a shot past John Gibson. We have Mike at 780-496-0063. Hi, Mike. Hey, guys. Um, so I just wanted to say uh, good win and everything like that. Uh, but moving forward, uh, I mean, it's safe to say we got to do something with that second and third line. Uh, if you look at the stats, look at the, the time on ice and all that kind of stuff, um, Everly was basically our third uh, took our third worst uh, forward for ice time, if you take away his power play minutes um the guy hasn't contributed whatsoever um seems like he kind of brings down that line uh whenever he gets the puck he's quick to dish it off doesn't want to go any into the battle kind of floats um i'm just wondering like what you guys think if maybe we could try moving up a cassian or even uh chef just for a couple games just to see um if it'll spark that line or even spark everly um because the way it's going right now um that line, that second line. I mean, they're trying to use it as a shutdown line or whatever. Which Nuge is doing awesome at. He's probably our second, well, he is our second best setter on the team. Um, Luch is doing his thing, but it just seems like Everly doesn't know what to do. He's kind of half like, should I play defense? Should I try to play offense? Kind of like in the middle there. It seems like he's just floating around a lot. Um, so I'm just trying to see maybe like what you guys think on that. If we should just move some some guys around and try to get those two lines going. Well, I, first of all, I don't think they will do anything. I think that the Oilers are going to come back with the exact same lineup that they went with tonight. I think it, if going playing devil's advocate with what you're saying, if you think Eberle is not doing it on his line and you move up uh, Cassian, now you're putting Eberle down on a third or the fourth line, well, now you got a third. And if, if you don't think he's playing well, well, now you just brought down a third and fourth line. And now we're, you're in a lot more trouble because they don't have 
someone to look after or or or, or cover for uh, a player that you think is struggling. So I don't I don't think that anything will be done. I think that ways that you can um, remedy with things aren't going the way you want with certain players. You can in game get players extra ice time. A Cassian, if need be, or Slepeshev, who I thought I thought was excellent tonight with with the puck and driving. Uh, and it's at times, you know, throw them in on a shift. But I don't think you're going to see them make wholesale changes or move Eberle off the line going into the next game. I think they've won three in a row. Eberle has been on that line for the entire playoffs. And in the playoffs right now, the Oilers are 5-2. and two. So I don't think that you're going to get a change. All right, we have Robert on the line as well. Robert, thanks for calling. Hi, guys. How you doing tonight? Doing great. What's on your mind? Yeah, well, my thought, my thought tonight is on on dry title. Obviously, you know, like we talked about earlier, he didn't really do much, but at the sense that he's, he's probably been the Oilers' best player. Yeah, I think the last three games, Robert, absolutely. Leon Dreisaitl's been outstanding. I mean, he was sick in round one, as, as you probably know. He had uh, a two-assist game in, in game five against San Jose. He actually originally had three assists. Yeah. They, they took one away, but he got the overtime assist on the DeHarnay goal. Big breakaway goal to get things going in game six against the Sharks. And, and then, yeah, four-point game tonight. So Dreisaitl is now up to... Uh, seven points in seven games. All of a sudden, he, he's he's a point a game, and he looks very comfortable. He's he's seeing the ice well. And one thing I've noticed about Leon too is when when he pursues the puck, you know, he's got almost that missile look to him that he just gets in there and shoots after it on the forecheck. And you're seeing that in his game quite a bit too. And the advantage that Leon has is he's a big man. And when you try to intimidate players, when you try to get physical on star players and wear them down it's one thing when you're going after certain sized players but is you know when, when it's big players like a Getzlaff on Anaheim you want to run him all night long well who's going to actually pay pay the price there is it Getzlaff or is it the guy that continues to try to run him and that's what happens with Dreisaitl they showed about three or four times where Anaheim Ducks were taking runs at him and falling down and Dreisaitl's moving on and what we've seen also I or personally I've seen over the last month or so is Leon getting a little bit of a snarl in his game or he gets a little anger a little mean and he'll go out and he'll be the physical guy now you don't want him running around and wasting all his energy uh, with big hits but if he does it a couple times a game it creates more space out there gives him more room so uh, you've got the, uh, the the beauty and the speed of a McDavid and then now you've got the the size of, of a, dre- a dry sidle and it's a perfect combination. So if you're looking at taking one of those players away, well, Leon Dreisaitl is a player that makes everybody else on the ice better because he gives them opportunities. And tonight he gave a couple opportunities, and the Oilers capitalized. We'll get to a couple more phone calls when we get back. Oilers take game one in Anaheim 5-3. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on 6 This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 chair. Also around the glass. Lucic there to protect against Corey Perry. Puck shaking free along the right corner boards. It's 
three. Edmonton as Lucic finds Drysaddle. We got an empty net. Drysaddle back to Lucic. Drysaddle open net. Shoots and scores. And Edmonton's going to win game one. 5-3 Oilers with 65 seconds to go. And 5-3 would be your final. Dreisaitl into the vacated cage. He had a goal and three assists. Edmonton up one nothing in the best of seven. Fred on the line. Fred, thanks for calling. Hey, how's it going tonight, boys? Doing well. Well, you go down to uh, Anaheim and you accomplish the goal. You want to split at least. Now you go for the throat Friday night because you win that game. Anaheim's got to win four out of five. We've got to win a two out of five. So uh, the odds of gambling, you like those kind of odds, right? And what's the stats, Bietza? Any idea? Uh, well, he came back uh, yeah. after he got hurt. I think he played one shift and then didn't play again the rest of the night. So that will be a story going forward because they just had, I mean, Lindholm and uh, Fowler just came back from injury, both played tonight, and Vattenen didn't dress tonight. So you wonder if BX is not healthy, where the next player on the depth chart is. The Ducks Twitter account, Kevin Bieksa sustained a lower body injury and will continue to be evaluated tomorrow. So that's probably the most detailed thing you're going to get <laughs> during the playoffs. But yeah, Vatnin didn't play, and if he comes in, he's better than Bieksa, quite frankly. Well, he, so, when he's healthy, he's absolutely healthy is, yes. Sure. All right, Houston on the line as well. Houston, thanks for calling. Hey, guys, it's been a while. Um, I just wanted to say something I realized during the game, and I know it's kind of counterintuitive, in the sense that uh, a long series like this one is probably going to end up being, you want to dump and chase and grind it out so by the time the fifth and sixth game comes along, they're getting worn down, their defensemen in their own zone. Um, but especially when Larson, it was a good example, they're really giving us uh, opportunities to just walk it into their zone without having to dump and chase. Clefbaum um, did it a few times where basically with, uh, Kessler just taking out McDavid, making it basically a four-on-four. When they give us that blue line, it's just, it's almost too easy. Is it worth just keeping possession over the blue line as opposed to dumping and chasing and letting the Cassines and the Lucic just take out the defenseman game after game? Well, I think you take what's given. If they line it up and you can't, you dump it in and you have to dump it in smart, put it in a position where the, the forwards can get in there on the forecheck, don't give it to their goalie. But one thing I saw tonight and a thing that you can use if you are being shadowed like McDavid is, start on the boards. Bring the guy over there on the boards with you. As, the, as your team is coming out, start skating to the center of the ice. That brings your probably the defenseman. It certainly brings Kessler with you. And then throw a defenseman or a winger up the spot that McDavid just left. That will be wide open because McDavid and everybody watching him will move to the middle of the ice. So, yes, you dump it in. If you've got no other choice, you dump it in smart. But you have to take what you're given. Don't forget to go to 630Ched.com for more coverage on the Oilers and their victory tonight in Anaheim. Dreisaitl, four points, two goals each for Latestu and Larson. Talbot, 33 saves, 5-3 the final verdict in Anaheim. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this morning. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. All have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to everybody who called and texted. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Playoff Radio, 6.30, Chad. Oilers take game one, 5-3. Have a great night.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.